Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dynasty After Dark. I'm your host, Calvin Timms. You can find me over on Twitter at TDC underscore Calvin or on the Dynasty After Dark Facebook page. And coming soon, you'll be able to find me over on the Hammercast Network. Uh, I like to announce now that I'm joining a new brand here, the Hammercast Network. Bunch of good guys over here. And if you guys followed me when I did my guest presentation (laughs) talking about the Dynasty Startup draft strategies a couple weeks ago. The Hammercast Network was actually the ones that I did it with and it's a really fun group of guys like I said and I am super excited to be moving over there and going to be bringing you guys new content coming soon. I've got a few projects in the works already and I am super excited so Uh, This is the great move to YouTube for the podcast. I'm going to be getting a webcam here soon and you guys will actually be able to see my face instead of just my perfect for radio voice. So um, I always heard I had a face for radio, but uh, you know, we'll find out soon, right? So like I said, thank you guys for coming back and listening to the podcast. Exciting things going on in the background, but you guys are here for some great Dynasty news and This week, what I wanted to do is kind of prep you guys for the NFL draft because ultimately I've been wanting to put together a mock draft for months now, for months and months and months, but I feel like until I introduce some of these candidates, it's hard to put one together and actually talk about it with any sort of information backing it up, right? You you don't all know who all the candidates are or all the players unless you've been religiously following the draft information this offseason like I have. So I want to introduce you guys to a lot of the candidates that are coming up in this year's draft and from a fantasy perspective, the ones that we're actually excited about. And then ultimately I'm going to be doing a mock draft here in the next couple of days to give you guys just a breakdown how I think the first round is going to go. And it's been an exciting couple of weeks here and uh, I have to apologize to you guys for taking a couple of weeks off Right after my last podcast came out, I got a nasty, nasty stomach bug that just took me down for a couple days. Then I followed that up right into allergies and then the holidays with Easter and it's just been crazy going on lately. So um, thank you guys for sticking in there and I'm back for a few more episodes breaking down these rookies. So first I want to jump into the quarterbacks going into this year's draft and There are some exciting candidates, and since the last time I recorded, there's actually been a trade. San Francisco has traded up in this year's draft to number three overall, and Sam Darnold has been traded away from the New York Jets, who are picking number two. So that solidifies, in my mind, a quarterback going one, two, three overall, which is going to be very exciting because nobody knows who the number three quarterback is going to be. So I'll kick off the quarterbacks with the guy that's going to be going number one overall, 
Trevor Lawrence coming out of Clemson. He's the guy that everyone's been talking about for a few years now. And if you haven't seen him by now, you probably don't watch much NCAA football because he has been all over it for years. Uh, He is my comp to him is Sunshine from the movie Remember the Titans. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, but he's a California looking kid, long, luscious hair, comes on, great arm, and uh, he's just the one that takes everything by storm. And in real life, Trevor Lawrence is that kind of guy. He has been very consistent for the last few years. And one of the bigger debates this offseason that I've heard is, why is Trevor Lawrence ranked higher than Justin Fields? Why is Trevor Lawrence ranked higher than Zach Wilson? Why is he everyone's number one overall? He didn't have the best year like Zach Wilson did this last year. Uh, He didn't have the best year last year like Joe Burrow did. But the reason why Trevor Lawrence is so good and everyone is so excited about him is because of his consistency. He's played at a high level through three years of college. He has an amazing arm and he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He is the as close to the perfect prospect coming out as you would want. He has everything you need from the measurable standpoint. He's six foot six, I think. He is a monster of a man. He's got the athletic profile to be a runner, to escape the pocket. He has great speed, great legs, and we already know where he's going. He's going to Jacksonville. It's the the most open secret in the NFL draft right now. There's no chance that Jacksonville passes on Trevor Lawrence. So he is going to be a Jaguar, and it's going to be great because he has that accuracy and that, that uh, arm strength to really feed these weapons that everyone is so excited about with Jacksonville. I mean, look at the receivers for Jacksonville right now. You got Marvin Jones, you got uh, LaVishka Chenault, you got DJ Chark. Man, if and there's rumors that they could potentially even be going wide receiver in this upcoming draft. So you want those guys to have someone feeding them the ball that you feel good about. And of all these quarterbacks, the one I feel the most good about, the most confident with, year one, for right out the gate, is Trevor Lawrence. So he's a guy, like I said, very consistent in college, all the measurables you're looking for, and he has all the skill sets that you're looking for as well in a quarterback. Is there better guys down the list? Potentially. But none of them have been as consistent nearly as Trevor Lawrence. So uh, number one overall, Jacksonville Jaguars, going to be Trevor Lawrence. And it's not a mystery to anybody at this point in time. Now, number two is a guy that's a little bit fresh on the scene. He's a guy that wasn't really talked about last year. uh, But it seems like lately, the last few years, Every season, there's a guy that just bursts onto the scene, has an amazing year, and pushes him really high up in the draft. Some of those guys have fizzled out. Some of them have made it. Uh, Two examples back-to-back are uh, Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins. Both of them had amazing college seasons, followed by not-so-great success in the NFL with Dwayne Haskins and pretty decent NFL success with Kyler Murray. So, Um, It really depends on the situation in the player. It's impossible to predict whether this was a one-year wonder or if he's going to be able to sustain this going forward. So Zach Wilson is that guy for this year. He came out of nowhere. He's from a smaller school. He's from BYU, and uh, it's not the biggest conference. You know, it's the FBS conference. 
not the SEC, not the uh, the Big 12 or the Big 10 or uh, even some of the other conferences out there that you'd like to see these guys coming from. So his competition wasn't the best. And I do have to say, even though I really like Zach Wilson, anybody who has a breakout year in 2020, I do put a little bit of a, a pin in it and take it with a little bit of grain of salt because it was a COVID season. And you always have to take that into account when you're looking at these guys. Devonta Smith, he had the Heisman this year. Um, he had a record-breaking year for a wide receiver. But the problem is, again, it was a COVID season. Is it because he wasn't playing as good a competition? Is it because people opted out? Or is it just because Devonta Smith is that good that he deserved it? Same thing with Zach Wilson here. Is it because his competition wasn't that great because of the conference? Was it because uh, people potentially opted out and he didn't have as much competition just overall with all the opt-outs? It's tough to say. I can't really make that call personally, um, but I do really like to see what I see on tape with Zach Wilson. He's kind of a flashy guy, and it's funny because he's a Mormon. You know, he's from the middle of nowhere, uh, but he is kind of a kind of a little bit of a trash talker, high head kind of guy, and I love it personally. He reminds me a little bit of Baker Mayfield, uh, Johnny Manziel. That's his comp right now, and I will say people are already ready to write Zach Wilson off. And I don't think that's fair whatsoever. I don't think that he's the same person as Johnny Manziel. I mean, we're really kind of stooping to new levels when we just start ranking guys' personality based on who they play like on the field. So um, Zach Wilson, I think he's going to be just fine. And the rumor is that he's going to be going number two overall to the Jets. And I think it's a perfect fit because out of all these quarterbacks that I'm going to be touching on today, it takes a special type of personality to make it in New York. You either have to be kind of a hothead or you have to be a wallflower looking at Daniel Jones, Eli Manning. Those guys basically didn't exist for uh, their whole careers in New York. They just keep their head down, don't say much. But in order to be successful, you also have to have either that or a little bit of a a temper and a little bit of a just an in-your-face kind of attitude, right, to make it in the Big Apple. So I think that Zach Wilson to the New York Jets is a perfect fit from his standpoint to what the team needs and that media market. And I also think that he's a good fit just because of his play style. Now, let's say that Zach Wilson does go ultimately to the New York Jets, which is very, very heavily rumored at this point. He's going to have some interesting weapons. You know, he's got Corey Davis. He's got Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder. They don't really have a running back. They don't really have a great tight end. Chris Herndon's there still. But, I mean, it's not the most exciting offense. Like, if you compare the Jacksonville Jaguars to the New York Jets, I'd rather be on the Jaguars, as sad as that is. Uh, But the New York Jets, they are building, and they're building the right way, in my opinion. And Zach Wilson will be a great option for this team and for fantasy. So um, we'll get into where I kind of rank these guys in fantasy here soon, but I want to get through all their names first and then we'll go over the fantasy side of things. So um, number two, Zach Wilson. Number three, and this is where the debate begins. Personally, that's how I have them ranked. I have Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. My number three guy is going to be Trey Lance. 
I don't think Trey Lance goes to the San Francisco 49ers, though, at number three. I think ultimately they take Mac Jones out of Alabama. But Trey Lance is out of North Dakota State, I believe, is the college that he went to. Again, it's kind of a smaller conference, but he was someone that really, really was lighting the uh, college football scene on fire last year. And then COVID hit and they had no they had no league that year. Essentially, their conference didn't play any games. They had one showcase match and he kind of fell back down to earth a little bit in that game. Um, Because the biggest thing with Trey Lance was he was someone who never threw an interception through like, I think it was like a season and a half worth of games. He had no picks and he had an amazing touchdown ratio during that time as well. And everyone was wondering when those interceptions would come. Would he fall apart? Would he be able to rally? Well, in that showcase game this year, he did throw an interception. I think he threw two of them. So he really kind of broke that, that record, but he also flashback and he, he came back in that game and was able to carry them to a victory in the showcase. So Trey Lance is my number three guy. I really like his talent. He's a traditional dual threat quarterback. Um, he's very, very mobile on his feet. He is very, very athletic and he has a great arm as well. So the fact that he has the potential to land, he's the one that's kind of falling in my mind. I know that everyone's talking about the other quarterback in this top five, which is Justin Fields out of Ohio State. Um, Everyone's talking about how Justin Fields is falling down the draft boards. But honestly, I think it could be Trey Lance because the fact that they didn't have a season in 2020 and he only played one game where he didn't play perfectly, according to his record, what people were kind of expecting from him. I think that it's possible he is the one that ultimately falls down the draft boards, which would be great for anybody that gets him because they're getting my number three guy because of his dual threat ability. I would be thrilled if the Patriots ultimately trade up for this guy, but we'll see come the draft. But um, like I said, Trey Lance, it's not known where he's going to go. The first two, they already have their landing spots on paper. So it depends where he goes, how he's going to affect fantasy. And I think that ultimately he has potential to be a stud just because of his mobile side of his game. I think that he's going to be utilized very heavily in the run game and his ability to scramble is nothing to overlook. So um, he's kind of like a a newer version of Carson Wentz, who also went to a small state um, college and, you know, they play kind of the similar way before Carson Wentz had that nasty knee injury. I think his sophomore year when he was on that MVP pace, he was able to scramble. He was amazing out of the backfield. And I see a lot of that in Trey Lance right now. And if he can just play half as good as Carson Wentz did that MVP season, he's going to be just fine for fantasy. So uh, that's number three on my board. Number four is going to be Justin Fields. And Again, this is the guy that everyone's talking about falling down the draft board, but Justin Fields is a, an athletic freak of nature. He is someone who is extremely, extremely athletic. And of course, he is an he is a black American. You know, there's all the rumors with black quarterbacks going out right now. Um, Dan Orlovsky with ESPN is under a lot of he's under a lot of fire right now because of what he was saying how 
Justin Fields' work ethic is kind of questionable and things like that. And, you know, from what I've seen from Justin Fields, I think that he has all the talent. I think that he is extremely good. Everyone talks about how, oh, Ohio State quarterbacks never make it in the NFL. And that was true for a long, long time. But Urban Meyer was the coach for the Ohio State uh, Buckeyes for a long, long time. Justin Fields is the first quarterback that was not an Urban Meyer guy. So he is a Ryan Day candidate, you know. It's not known at this point in time whether or not he'll transition to the NFL and kind of break that Ohio Ohio State curse that's been going on the last few years. So I I think that Justin Fields has what it takes. Um, everyone talks about his ability to move past his first read and how he kind of just gets stuck on it. But again, from what I've seen, I don't think that's true. I think that Justin Fields can really read through the his guys. He can go from the first read to the second read, no problem. It's just when the first guy is wide open half the time, why wouldn't you throw to him, right? So it's not his fault his receivers were so good at getting open. He was able to just complete on that separation. So um, it's it's weird to me that people are dinging him for that. And then when you couple in his athletic ability and his, his, his just nastiness on the ground, I mean, he did the 40, and I think he ran a 4-4-40 or something like that. It was in the low 4-4s, and that is extremely fast. If you think about it, there's wide receivers that run that fast. There's corners that run that fast. He's not like your typical quarterback running in the 4-7s, 4-8s. So he definitely has that dual-sided uh, ability that he can get open on the ground and actually be utilized as a runner. So um, think of him as kind of a more discount Lamar Jackson, maybe with a little bit better of an arm, you know? So kind of like a Kyler Murray where he's not tiny like Kyler. So that's how I kind of comp him right now. And again, it's unknown where he goes. It's potential that he goes to San Francisco at three. Again, I don't think that he's going to be the one that goes there. I think it's ultimately going to be number five on my list, Mac Jones. But I will be back in a couple weeks after the actual NFL draft to break down where these guys go and my thoughts on them. So this will not be the last time I talk about these guys, but this is just, like I said, the introduction to them. So you know the names when it comes draft night. And a lot of these quarterbacks you probably know. Again, it doesn't take you being highly devoted to the NFL draft like I am to know these guys, right? These top five. Everyone is talking about him. But uh, number five is going to be Mac Jones out of Alabama. And he is probably the least athletic out of these top five. And um, Mac Jones, if you know anything about him, he came into Alabama very, very tiny. He was he was not a big quarterback. Uh, Nick Saban told him that he needed to get up to about 240 pounds. So all Mac Jones did was eat. He could not get there on his own. So he had to eat a lot of calories and he kind of has a little bit of a dad bod, right? He's not the uh, six pack quarterback, right? And people are dinging him a lot for that. But the thing that Mac Jones has going for him, because he's not the most athletic, he's not the guy that once you get in a uh, precarious situation and the play starts to break down, you're not kind of terrified of Mac Jones creating a ton of yards on the ground with his legs. 
Instead, what he's going to do is he's just going to pick you apart. He's a pocket passer through and through, right? And it's true that the NFL is starting to turn away from these guys, but I don't think you'll ever be able to fully get rid of them in the NFL. And they have their place. And I honestly think that he's going to go to San Francisco at number three because if you look at it, that is Kyle Shanahan's type. And he just, he likes those guys who are more pocket passers and they're just more kind of cerebrally aware. They don't have to overthink things with how they're going to escape and create the play on their own and things like that. So I think that it's going to be uh, Mac Jones to San Francisco. So I'm going to talk about that right now. And again, like I said, I'll touch on this again after the draft um, to break down where he actually goes if it's not to San Francisco. But honestly, out of these three guys, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields, I think that Mac Jones would be the best for San Francisco because when you think of that offense, they have an amazing run game. They have an amazing trio of weapons with George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and Debo Samuel. And you want the guy that's going to be consistent, right? And the problem with the Niners has been for fantasy for years now, Kyle Shanahan is such a good coach that he game plans all these weapons differently week to week because he can, right? Because he has so many options and so many weapons and his game plan ability is just so disgusting that he is able to scheme guys in and out of the offense week to week. Well, if you have someone like Justin Fields or Trey Lance who have that dual threat ability, it's going to be even worse for fantasy because there's probably going to be weeks if he has one of those two guys where he just runs them to death because he can Look at that year where they made it to the Super Bowl. They had the game where it was like 19 straight carries. You're telling me that he wouldn't do that again with Justin Fields, uh, with some of them being a quarterback sneak or keep or run around, however you want to call it. Uh, I think you're crazy. So the fact, if you want Debo and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle to have the most success for fantasy, you want Mac Jones there because He's not going to be the guy that's going to be picking up the yards on his own. He's going to be the guy feeding all of the weapons around him. And again, I think that he has more than enough talent to feed those guys. And San Francisco has a above average offensive line that would be able to keep Mac Jones on his feet. So you wouldn't have to worry about him having a bad pocket every other every other play, right? Because the biggest problem for a pocket passer is if there's no pocket. So I think that San Francisco would be able to keep him upright and he would be able to feed Debo, feed IU, feed Kittle, and he wouldn't have to worry about taking it on himself nearly as much. Now, you might still have some inconsistencies because of Kyle Shanahan. Maybe one week Debo's the guy, maybe the next week Ayuk's the guy, but in reality, I think that it's going to be a lot more consistent because there's going to be no weeks where Mac Jones is the guy. So um, that's my thoughts on that. Again, those are the top five. I will touch on a couple more guys here that are a little bit deeper. Um, The next two guys that I think are even remotely fantasy relevant, um, this is like the Jacob Eason from last year, you know, where people got excited about him and they're ultimately going to go to a team and die because they're never going to be more than a backup or a third stringer. So um, these two, I think, have the potential to be starters in the NFL, but it's going to take a 
Dak Prescott, Tony Romo broken back situation to get them on the field in the first place. But these two guys are Kyle Trask out of Florida and Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M. So these two guys, um, Kyle Trask is the kind of universal number six pick unless you're Chris Sims who has Kellen Mond in his top five. But Kellen Mond is the guy who has a kind of a cannon for an arm. He's more developmental. He's a guy that needs a few years to develop and kind of learn how to be a pro, um, to iron out some of the holes in his game because he has a lot of flaws. He has a lot of talent, but he also has a lot of holes, right? So Kellen Mond is someone who is exciting if he goes to a team where he has potential to shine. Like if if uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers took Kellen Mond in like the second or third round, I'd be interested. But as of right now, unknown where he goes, he doesn't have a lot of upside for me. Same with Kyle Trask. Uh, people are kind of hit or miss on Kyle Trask. They either love him or they hate him. I'm kind of one of the dislike of his play personally. I think that he had amazing weapons down at Florida and they kind of carried him a little bit. Um, I don't think that he really deserves the the first round potential that some people are putting on him. So it's again, it's totally possible that Kyle Trask makes it, but he's a developmental guy as well. He has a lot of holes in his game, um, but he has potential as he has the talent. He just needs to iron out some of those gaps in his game. So like one of the things I've heard lately is um, potentially Kyle Trask going to the New Orleans Saints in like the second or third round, which would be kind of interesting. You know, uh, it's unknown what the long-term plan is for the Saints at quarterback. And uh, if you get someone like Kyle Trask in there who could potentially push someone like James Winston next year or the year after, I wouldn't write it off completely. So um, those those are the top seven guys. There's more guys on this list, but again, we're getting to those yeah, it's going to take a miracle for them to even get a chance. So I'm not going to bother talking about them too much. Um, none of them have a chance to be a first round pick anyway, in my opinion, outside of the top five. I don't see Kyle Trask or Kellen being a first round pick. So not really wanting to waste the breath on them, to be honest with you. So those are the quarterbacks. I will follow up here in the next couple of days with the running backs, wide receivers, and the tight ends. Um, and then again, I'm excited because I'll be able to finally get a mock draft done. Yes, I want to get it done and I want to show you guys what I think is going to happen. And the biggest question for me right now in the mock draft is who is going to go at four? Is it going to be the Falcons picking at four? Are they ultimately going to trade down with one of these quarterback needy teams? What happens with the Falcons pick at four what's going to happen with it so until we know what happens there it's kind of hard to predict what's going to happen with the rest of the draft unfortunately and oh if you're a Bengals fan get ready I am uh I'm going to be talking about the Penny Sewell versus Jamar Chase pick as well so there's so much with this with this upcoming mock draft I'm so excited so um thank you guys for listening listening to my breakdown of these quarterbacks uh with the new podcast. Um, I'll call it the new podcast. This podcast is not going anywhere. I am now with, like I said, at the beginning of the show, the Hammercast Network, and I have a few options. I can either 
cre- create my own podcast with them, or I can bring this podcast over and utilize this one. So I'm kind of weighing those options personally. Um, I don't know if I want to keep this one as my own thing because I created it, or if I want to uh, create something new over there, uh, or just bring this one over and make it easy on myself. So um, weighing those ideas, I will be sure to let you guys know. I know there's some some very dedicated listeners out there, which I appreciate you guys so, so very much. So um, that's my thoughts on that. And I, like I said, I'm super excited to bring you some of the content that we have planned over for the Hammercast Network. Be sure to give their webpage just a, a look whenever you get a chance and give me a follow. Give some of these other guys a follow as well over on Twitter. It's a great group of guys and I am super excited. So Uh, The last thing before I leave, I will touch on this as well. Uh, Some people have reached out to me personally the last couple days, last couple weeks, asking for some Dynasty breakdowns because I'm bringing back my Dynasty consultation, how I got my name, right? The Dynasty consultant. Um, I'm breaking down rosters in Dynasty, kind of giving you guys an idea of what your strategy should be, short-term, long-term, who you should target in the draft, some of the guys you can consider trading, things like that. So I give you a full breakdown synopsis of your team. Uh, Everyone seems to love it and it's completely free to you guys. So my problem is I am very limited on time now with my, my job. This spring is always the worst time of year because it's the busiest. Couple that in with the fact that I have a six week old baby in my arms right now. He's been the best co-host ever today. And then a 15-month-old baby upstairs sleeping. So my time is very, very limited lately. So I only can do so many a week. Um, and if you want to be one of those guys per week, hit me up on Twitter at TDC underscore Calvin. I can get you on the list. And I don't make them public. I just talk you through them uh, completely anonymously through your through DM. So uh, I don't have to worry about shaming you publicly or anything like that. That's not what the whole goal of this is. It's honestly just to help you guys improve your rosters and improve your strategies going forward for your team. So like I said, if you're interested in that, hit me up on Twitter, try and get a hold of me and I would be happy to add you guys to the list and get you guys rolling with your consultation. So again, thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you all I'm looking forward to the next couple of days, breaking down more of these rookies, getting you guys some of these names. But until next time, thank you for listening and good night.